You pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there something here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. Hey, have you ever set aside a whole week to observe a particular event? Wow, it'd have to be really special to do a whole week. And to do something significant every single day for that week to commemorate it? Yeah, it would be special. Well, it looks like today as we look into Exodus, we're going to find a reason to celebrate for a whole week. Today, on on More Than Than Ink. Well, good morning. We are at our dining room table. We hope you are too. And I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And uh, we are marching our way through Exodus. And uh, boy, we've come a long way so far. I mean, we we started with leaving Egypt and... But we're still at Mount Sinai, right? I feel, yeah. Well, we are. Yeah. Uh, we're still receiving the instructions yeah. about how to build the tabernacle. The yeah. actual execution of the instructions is still to come. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, how to build a tabernacle, basically how to build a, a portable tent for God as they wander in the desert in their tents, but not just the tent itself, but what goes on in the tent. We've looked at not only the furniture and stuff inside, but now we're pretty much focusing on the guys who are going to be doing stuff in the tabernacle. And principally the high priests. The priests, yeah. yeah. So last time we were there, we looked at uh, the consecration of Aaron, you know, the first high priest and what they did. Mm-hmm. And uh, lots, of, lots of interesting imagery right there. And again, remember, this isn't arbitrary. All this imagery is meant to teach you something. So you should be asking yourself all the way through this, why did God specify this? He's trying to teach me something in the picture of what he's showing right here. Because he's very specific. So last time we looked at consecrating the priests, and today we look at... Consecrating the priests. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just continues the. It continues. Continues but, the consecration, but, but it does actually look forward to Aaron's replacements as right. well. So, uh, and we gain a new understanding about the duration of the consecration. So, if you if you're following with us, we're reading out of the ESV Bible. We're in chapter 29 of Exodus, and we're picking up at verse 29. You want to just dive in? Well, I do, but let me just say one More other context. thing first. Is since we're talking about Aaron as the high priest, remember yeah. he was not a young man. He was Moses' right, older right, right. brother. Yeah. And and Moses was in his 80s at yeah. Sinai. So, you know, there needs to already be a plan in place yeah, for Aaron's replacement. Right. So, so that yeah. figures in, in today's. So when we're talking about the consecration of the first high priest, Aaron, which we just talked about. Right. Well, we got to talk about the future ones but as well. Already in view are yeah. the ones who will follow who will be of his line. Aaron and his sons. Yes. Right. Okay. So okay. with that, here we go. Yeah, you want me to read? Go ahead. Yeah. Verse 29. <laughs> okay. And the holy garments of Aaron shall be for his sons after him, and they shall be anointed in them and ordained in them. The son who succeeds him as priest, who comes into the tent of meeting to minister in the holy place, shall wear them seven days. Hmm. You shall take the ram of ordination and boil its flesh in a holy place. Now, wait, did you want to talk about that seven days first before we press well, on yeah, to that's the a, That's an interesting new fact because we didn't have right. seven days with Aaron's consecration, but in the subsequent sons who take his place, it's going to be a week-long affair to okay. consecrate. Well, actually, we do. If you In yeah. Leviticus 8, talks about when the actual event takes place mm-hmm, and Aaron mm-hmm. and his sons do camp in the gate 
a camp in the doorway and they do it for a week for a week oh okay, mm-hmm. okay. so Excellent. uh and that's in uh, actually all of leviticus 8 but the yeah. part that particularly describes that is verses 31 to 36 okay. so okay. and it's moses who does the ordaining if you remember a couple weeks yeah, ago that's right. we were there guessing. was that question yeah. we don't know yet who actually performs the ceremony right. but in leviticus 8 it's very clear that it's moses who's doing it because moses yeah. has received the instruction from god yeah, yeah. to and Moses is the the type, the intermediary before the establishment of the of the priesthood. Right. In the so temple. this this isn't just a, a day long consecration. This is a whole week that these guys right. spend, you know, in the courtyard and inside the tabernacle. Well, okay. So if they're they're eating a bull, <laughs> or they're, so they'll so, have food while they're uh, there. <laughs> well, it's going to take them a while. They're going to have enough food for a week. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Well, let's push off. All there. right. So thirty-one. Okay, verse thirty-one. So you shall take the ram of ordination. Oh, sorry, they're eating ram, yeah. and boil its flesh in a holy place. And Aaron and his sons shall eat the flesh of the ram and the bread that is in the basket in the entrance of the tent of meeting. Mm-hmm. They shall eat those things by which atonement was made at their ordination and consecration. But an outsider shall not eat of them because they're holy. And if any of the flesh for the ordination or of the bread remain until the morning, then you shall burn the remainder with fire. It shall not be eaten because it's holy. Mm-hmm. Holy again means set apart for a certain purpose. Right. In this case, it's to is to feed the high priest. Okay, so uh, as we're reading this, I want you all to listen for the repetitions that happen because holy, holy, most holy, 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 holy. holy, yeah. holy. It comes up again and again and again. Consecration comes up again and again and again. And so when, when some something is repeated that's a big waving flag we need to kind of slow down and pay attention to mm-hmm. what we're being told there so we've just learned that the garments are holy and the the flesh of the animal it was sacrificed is holy and it needs to be eaten in a holy place yes. not just eaten but cooked prepared yes. in a holy place yeah and so when we talk about holy in terms of being set apart for a purpose the the idea of purpose is really paramount when you see holy it's like god saying look i'm doing this for a purpose there's an intention in my heart don't stray from this i'm doing it for a reason so there's great purpose behind this when you see holiness yeah okay should we go on well i think so sure Okay. I, I didn't i don't know if it was worth mentioning here but remember that episode with david where he's on the run and he goes to the goes to the temple or tabernacle. Oh, to I the mean. tabernacle, yeah, and he yeah. eats the dedicated bread. Yeah, yeah, and and even Jesus uses that argument later on. So if you're curious what I'm talking about, go searching around. <laughs> Because it's a pretty fascinating thing. Well, maybe we can circle back to that in a couple yeah. weeks when we get to the actual bread of the presence and yeah. and, and bring that up again. But yeah, it doesn't really figure here. Yeah, I, I was just looking. It says, you know, an outsider shall not eat of them. Right. right. But, but there's also, uh, there's sort of a hint in one of Peter's letters about the fact that we are all kind of uh, adopted into this priesthood. Not kind of, we really are. No, we really are. And so there's a, there's a change in the qualification in terms of eating that bread. I won't get into all that. I think it's in chapter two of First Peter. But anyway, we'll just we'll, we'll just move on. We'll move on. Let's go to thirty-five. What do you okay. say? Okay. Thus you shall do to Aaron and to his sons according to all that I've commanded you. So, do you remember where we are now? We've just been talking about right. eating. Right. <laughs> do this to Aaron and his sons according to all that I've commanded you. Through seven days seven shall you days. ordain them, and every day you shall offer a bull as a sin offering for atonement. Also, you shall purify the altar when you make atonement for it and shall anoint it to consecrate it. Seven days you shall make atonement for the altar and consecrate it, and the altar shall be most holy. Whatever touches the altar shall become holy. 
Ah, okay. So repetition. Repetition. Holy, holy, holy. Atonement, atonement, atonement. Yep, yep. Seven days, seven days, seven days. Yeah. Which sort of emphasizes the fact, you know, you were, you were talking about a bull every day. Right. It's a big animal. It's a big animal. And uh, it's interesting that <clears throat> a single bull offering is not going to be sufficient in order right. to atone for what the priest needs to do. And that sort of hints back to what the writer of Hebrews says as well. You know, if the offering of an animal would do it, you wouldn't right. have to do it over and over, over and again. Over again. Mm-hmm. So really this atonement is something that it's it's like a temporary covering you know, in terms of atonement. But you know, a bull a day, man, that's just a lot of sacrifice. That's a lot of sacrifice. Well, Repeated sacrifice. And this is specifically a sin offering for atonement. <clears throat> right. Right. We're gonna we're gonna get to other sacrifices. But we mentioned this before that there's this constant shedding of blood, mm-hmm. constant death of animals, constant offerings on this altar mm-hmm. in front of the of the holy place. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a bull is a sin offering. Whose sin are we talking about? Mm. Well, it's possible that we're talking about Aaron's sin. Yes. I I would go that direction. He doesn't say it here directly, but we're talking about consecrating the priests. Right. So in order for the priest to be uh, wholly set apart, uh, he's not qualified himself because he's sinful. So something has to be done first to deal with the sin of the high priest before the high priest can intercede for the sins right. of the people. That's very biblical. And so this is a big animal with a lot of blood. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so did you notice in verse 37 where it says, um, the altar shall be most holy, mm-hmm. and whatever touches the altar shall become holy. Yeah, isn't that now, interesting? Now, later on, we, we in reading the the accounts of what happens with, with things that are holy, usually it works the other way. Yeah, something that's holy it. gets touched by something unclean and right. it's no longer holy or it's right. no longer clean. But here it says, no, anything that touches the altar shall become holy. The holiness flows out from the altar and what happened there. Right. The sacrifice of the So animal. God's purpose in all of this, in terms of dealing with sin and what's on the altar, uh, the altar is the place that, that happens and it flows from it what flows happens from there. there. So it comes back yeah. to purpose again. The purpose of a life being shed so that life might be come to someone else is from that altar. So actually, it isn't just something coming to an end, death, but it's actually life coming out of it. So that's why we're looking at that. And, and you know, he also had to consecrate the altar. Um, and I, I would presume it, they use the blood and they, you know, they actually right. touch it like right. we looked at right. before. We looked at that a couple chapters ago. Yeah, so it makes the entire the entirety of not only the high priest who's being consecrated, but the altar where sacrifice everything is is cleansed by this blood. This well, and the writer of Hebrews says so you could Hebrews. even say nothing is cleansed right. without the shedding of blood. Right? right? There must be a life given. Exactly. So, um, yeah. I think we mentioned before about Hebrews. <laughs> I mean, it, the parallels are so tight because the writer of Hebrews interprets for us what we're reading right here from right. a new covenant perspective. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Should we move on? Yeah. Yeah. So that was the, that was actually what, what uh, pertains to the seven days, the okay, week right. consecration thing, which will go on every time they get a new high priest. You right. do a week of this. Well, let's go to 38. I'll read for us. Okay. I like to read. So now, verse 38. Now, this is what you shall offer on the altar. Two lambs, a year old, day by day, regularly. Okay, so two lambs every day. Two lambs every day. One lamb you shall offer in the morning, and the other lamb you shall offer at twilight. And with the first lamb, a tenth measure of fine flour mingled with a fourth of a hin of beaten oil and a fourth of a hin of wine for a drink offering. 
And the other lamb you shall offer at twilight and shall offer with it a grain offering and its drink offering as in the morning for a, a pleasant aroma, a food offering to the Lord. And it shall be a regular burnt offering throughout your generations at the entrance of the tent of meeting before the Lord, where I will meet with you to speak with you there. Oh, Let's stop, just stop, stop there. Stop, stop, Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> so now we've gone on to what it's like a continual consecration, you know, a continual right. action that's going to be in the tabernacle and eventually in the temple itself. Not the seven days of consecration, but now as we go right. on. Two lambs, one in the morning and one in the evening. Every day, perpetually, every day. at the beginning of every day right. and at the end of every day. Yeah. And it's not just the lambs, it's a full meal. It's a full meal, yeah, exactly. So so this is something that goes on. If you wonder about what happened in the, the temple in Israel and the tabernacle, you can at least say, well, every day there was there was a lamb at, uh, at the, in the morning and one in twilight that mm-hmm. was offered. Yeah. And this is like a continual consecration that goes on. Yeah, and these are the official prescribed offerings that the priests offer morning and night. Yeah. But in between time, the people were continually bringing their own thank offerings and peace offerings. And that's what makes this different. This isn't someone saying, I'm bringing an offering for my sin. This is the priest doing this regardless of people coming. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for the nation. Yeah, and and maybe in a sense to consecrate the actual place, you know, the altar itself. Hard to say, but this is what goes on all the time. Well, they had already consecrated the altar in a different ceremony. Right, right. This is the continual the morning continual. and evening reminder yeah. of shed blood in order to secure for you access to the meeting place with God. Yep. He says, and I will meet with you there and speak with you there. Yeah. It shall be a regular burnt offering throughout your generations. A pleasing aroma. A pleasing aroma. Right? It smells aroma. good right. to God. Right. Which barbecue does to us. Well, it does. <laughs> but, you know, that opens the door that we're going to get into next week when we talk about the incense. Yes. That there, were, yes. there were fragrances that took place in this holy place that you didn't smell anywhere else quite yeah. this way. Yeah. So as we're... As we're painting this picture, as we read Exodus, you got to not only turn on the imagination of your mind, you got to turn on the imagination of your nose, your senses. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that was actually part of the entire thing. There was a lot of beauty in the linens you saw. There was a lot of activity going on. There was, but there's this smell. So, well, yeah. there's just very sensual appeal to the entire tabernacle, to yeah. the the sounds, the sights, the smells, the 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 crackling of a fire that there just was auditory stuff going on there's yeah uh the whole experience was was for the senses it, it was meant to be absorbed by the people who watched right. it yeah right so at this point at this point we're transitioning into in an interesting end of this chapter where god does a lot of i wills mm, so yeah so you know we talked about holy is set apart for a purpose He's going to talk about that purpose right now. Why all this stuff we've just been talking about? Because remember, we're doing this at the entrance of the tent of meeting before the Lord, he says in 42, where I will meet with you to speak to you there. So recall we when we put out, when we laid out the organization of the temple and the temple, the tabernacle and the tabernacle courts, you know, you'd come into the court and you would see the altar there. You'd have to pass by that. So like the first the first barrier, in a sense, is mm-hmm. dealing with your sin. Mm-hmm. That's what you see. And then as you go into the tabernacle, then you go into more and more special places. And then you get to the core of it where God is. So don't, don't be lost in that because the purpose of these sacrifices is to allow you to proceed further in into the presence of God. And sure enough... 
That's what he says right here. You want to read it 43 and he'll say it straight up. I do. I want to actually back up because it's part of the sentence of 42. It shall be a regular burnt offering throughout your generations at the entrance of the tent of meeting before the Lord, where I will meet with you to speak with you there. There I will meet with the people of Israel and it shall be sanctified by my glory. Mm. I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar. Aaron also and his sons, I will consecrate to serve me as priests. I will dwell among the people of Israel and will be their God, and they shall know that I am the Lord their God who brought them out of the land of Egypt, that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. Mm. Wow, there's an interesting structure now here. Now we repetition. see purpose behind what's going on. Yeah, what are the repeated I, things? I counted, I circled all the I wills. One, two, three, four, five, six. I counted six I, I will wills. meet twice. I will consecrate twice. Yeah. I will be once. Yeah. Uh, so again and again and again, it's God is doing, God is doing, God is doing. So again, we, we underscored to start with the tabernacle was so that God could live in their midst. Mm-hmm. God would live in their midst and visibly live in their midst in this tabernacle, his tent in the midst of the tents of the nation of Israel, because he says, I want to be with you in your midst. And so here we are, here's the tabernacle and it allows him not only to be with them, but for them to meet with him. Isn't that amazing? And yet in this sentence or two god is the one who's doing all the acting i will i will the I will. only thing yeah. that they do is know that mm-hmm. i'm the lord yep yep and it's interesting too that the high priests we've talked about this before the high priests uh, in a sense don't belong to israel they belong to god right. they serve me in fact he said he said at the beginning of this chapter that very that very thing that they may serve me as priests And so that's God's intention. The priests serve God in order that God can meet with the people. That's the whole point. And and when you extend that a little bit more, going past the altar where the sacrifices are, God does indeed want to meet with us, but what gets in our way is the sin. And isn't it, I love this here, that even though we're in this portion of the book where God is saying to Moses now, you do all of this and you will consecrate, you will consecrate him. But here in this kind of summation statement, he's saying, you know, it's really me. He's doing it. I am consecrating them. You are performing the ceremony, but I am the one that's making them holy. Yeah, right. So so God's not that interested in having... Uh, a good worker in terms of the high priest. <laughs> in the ceremony. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's interested in establishing a much deeper relationship with him. And that that's what this is all about. That's what the tabernacle was all about. That's why the high priest exists. That's why all the sacrifices exist. Everything exists here. The purpose for being set apart, the purpose is to meet with God and to be with God. And, and, not and just God will meet, make it happen. Not just to have a meeting, right. but I will dwell among the people of Israel, yeah. right? which is what he had always wanted to do. Yep. I will meet with you there. I'll meet with the people of Israel. Yeah. And I'll dwell with the people of Israel and I will be their God. Wow. That's the purpose. That's the set apart purpose. And he actually uses the proper name that he gave to Moses back in chapter three in verse 46. That's right. He says, they'll know that I am the Lord their God. Now, maybe some of you listeners don't realize this, but if you're reading in your Old Testament and you find Lord all in capital letters, L-O-R-D, then that that signifies that the word there is the Hebrew word that we, sometimes we say Yahweh, sometimes we say I am, uh, that that is the the literal name that when Moses said to God, who shall I say sent me? And he says to him, I am that I am. That's this name. So they'll know because I make them holy that I am 
dwelling among them, the God who is. I am. He's existence, is what he's saying by that name. Right. And in case you're confused, Jehovah is just the Latin version of that. Well, it's kind of a transliteration. It's a a conglomeration of the consonants and the But when you see Jehovah, think Yahweh. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting too. He he uh, put some of his credentials there in forty six. They'll they'll know that I am the Lord their God. I'm the Yahweh. I'm the one who appeared to Moses, who brought them out of the land of Egypt. Now that right. action will come up over and over and over. I'm the one that brought you out of Egypt. That's his central claim to fame. That's right? His, right. I brought you That's out of reputation. Egypt. That's me. Yeah. That God who did all of that stuff. I'm the one who's dwelling among you. However, it's interesting, he says here, and he'll say it in other places, I brought you out of Egypt not to just free you. Right. I brought you out of Egypt that I might dwell among them. So right. it's from one to the other. And this this evokes a whole bunch of marriage imagery as well, because because the, the, the bride, when she goes and lives with the groom, she leaves the one place. Uh, I, and so what he would say is, I brought you out of your family, your own family, so that I might dwell with you. You know, it changed the entire relationship. Right, you're going to be identified with me. Be identified right? with me. And, right, and you know, when it still these days, it's less and less common. But when we get married, the woman's name is changed right. to that right. of her husband. So let me just remind you that back in Exodus 19, when the Lord had first mentioned this idea to Moses, he said, Now then, to the people, if you'll indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among mm-hmm. all the peoples, mm-hmm. for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Yes. These are the words that you shall speak. So early on, God had said to them, now I'm, I'm bringing you out so you can be identified as mine right. to make my name known among the nations. And there's that marriage thing as well. Right. It's, you, know, you belong to me. You be- yeah, belong to each other in that particular sense. So you'll know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt that I might dwell among them. I am Yahweh their God. Wow. That's the purpose of all this holiness. It's like, what do you <laughs> say after that? That's, That's the, the final statement. I am. Yeah. The Lord, your God. Be- before we wrap up, we just got a couple minutes left. Uh, back to speculation alley here. <laughs> verse <laughs> 43. That. Yeah, for, verse 43. It says, and, and it shall be sanctified by my glory. Ah, Isn't that an I interesting phrase? I paused on that too. Yeah. Sanctified by my glory. Sanctified by my glory. I will meet with the people of Israel there and it'll be sanctified by my glory is is i mean we could talk a long time about exactly what that means but it's interesting that the glory is just like the outward manifestation of who god is in that sense so what he's saying is that this place is consecrated it's set apart because of my presence and not because of anything else my glory who i am and here's a little spoiler we're going to get to this when we get to the end of exodus when they actually had built it and went through all the consecration services mm-hmm. and God's glory came down and yes. filled it. Yes. They couldn't even stand yeah. because of the weight of yeah. the presence of God in terms of the smoke and the fire that they had seen at a distance. But now it was present uh, in their midst. In their midst. Touched ground yeah. in the camp yeah. in this holy place. Yeah. And the priests fell on their faces. 
before yeah. the Lord. So we're going to yeah. get there. That's in the last <laughs> chapter of Exodus. <laughs> <laughs> well, it made me also think of a time when uh, the sacrifices were consumed by God with fire out of right, heaven. Right. And I looked one of them up in Leviticus 9. Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting, and when they came out, they blessed the people, and the glory of right. the Lord appeared to all the people, and fire came out from before the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the pieces of fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. Right. Wow. So, and it happened again with Elijah when Elijah has his face off with the prophets right. of Baal. You know, the fire comes down. So, so what goes on here can glorify God, and His presence is what consecrates this place. That's what consecrates it, so that God can be with His people. And there will be this unmistakable revelation of yeah. who God is. Yep. Associated with this place in their midst. Yeah. And there already is because associated with this tent is going to be his Shekinah glory. Right. You know, the cloud during the daytime, the fire at night, the gigantic nightlight, I call it. You know, there's a lot well, of yeah, things. Yeah, they had already comforting. seen that. Yeah. But they, here they is going that. to come and and be over this place, yeah. in this place. Yeah. Yeah. So what a, what a, boy, it would have been really great to be a tenter with them at the time and see all this go down. It would have really been amazing. And yet Jesus said something greater than the tabernacle is here. Something greater than the tabernacle. (laughs) Hello. He came to show us the glory of God in human flesh. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, let's not get all excited about the the visible smoke and fire because (laughs) when that God took on flesh to dwell among us, it was to reveal his glory. And for the same purpose he just talked about here so he can be with them and meet with them. Right. And that's exactly what Jesus' role right. was was not only to be a sacrifice and the and the high priest for us, but also to meet with us and let us know who God is face to face. That was Jesus' role. Well, next week we turn into chapter thirty and uh, and we pick up uh, an item of furniture, let's say, that's inside yeah. the tabernacle that wasn't covered five chapters back. We looked at the old other stuff back in chapter twenty-five, and at the time we remarked and said, you know, he left something off the list. Well, it comes back on now. But it comes back on for interesting reason why it's waited till now. So we're going to take a look at that. You can read ahead if you want. We're going to be going to chapter 30. And uh, what got left out of the list five chapters back? Well, you'll find out when we come back next time. So, so I'm hoping that you're gaining some understanding based on the graphical teaching that God's giving us with the high priests and with the items that are there and that will continue again next week so I'm Jim and I'm Dorothy and we're glad you're with us please read ahead and if you read with us as you're listening to this use the ESV so you don't have to trip over trying to translate it on the fly but uh, but we're looking at God's glory as he consecrates this place called the tabernacle and we'll see you next week on More More Than Than Ink. Ink Than Ink is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City and is solely responsible for its content. To contact us with your questions or comments, just go to our website, morethaninc.org. Oh, we are on track, too. <laughs> <laughs>